Hey, folks, and welcome to the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. I select the, uh, the the sponsors for this this podcast very carefully, and for this episode, this particular episode, is brought to you by Matchmade. The thing is, there's over three million YouTube cha- channels focused on gaming, with over three hundred million videos, and there's more being published every day. As you know, sponsoring a YouTube is very impactful and cost-effective marketing strategy for games, and this is something we're going to talk about today with with uh, with Fortnite and and battle royale games. But it's not easy to get it right. It's finding and managing the right influencer is time-consuming and super difficult. Not to mention the complexity of you know contacting each YouTuber, negotiating the deal, tracking the installs, and measuring the ROI. So this is where Matchmate comes in. Uh, Matchmate makes influencer marketing easy and efficient. It's an end-to-end platform in your browser. So every few minutes, Matchmate analyzes all gaming-related YouTube video channels, and so that basically, so that you don't have to. And just like the name suggests, Matchmate matches your game with the best and most relevant YouTubers. And with their algorithm offering easy and transparent pricing models and payments. Again, most importantly, Matchmade measures the real-time performance of your campaign on their dashboard, which supports, which supports most third-party partners. All you need to do is sign up on matchmade.tv, define your goals, and target audience. Then you approve the videos, you sit back, you enjoy the likes, you enjoy the comments, and yes, you enjoy the top cohorts that will roll into your game. In this podcast, I'm joined by my good friend Anil Dasgupta. And what makes this this particular episode so interesting for, for us is that Battle Royale games, um, they've, they've literally just threw out the, uh, the, the playbook out of the window. They have extremely long session length. It takes a long time to load in. The, the app size is massive. Uh, the session length are are just brutally long, sometimes quite boring, and and um, and there's no there's no clear progression mechanics. It's all driven by cosmetics. So we, as 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 you know, two guys who are just concentrating on, on trying to make as good of a game as possible and focusing on the on these these mechanics, are baffled by by the success of of Fortnite and and other battle royale games and and also i'd say energized and encouraged by the fact that that you can do something very different and get get the uh the biggest success ever so this podcast is structured in in few a few a uh, few key topics so we're going to talk about what is battle royale game genre um, how do you? How do they work? Basically, what is the uh, what is the game loop? What is the uh, what is the session like? Uh, we're going to talk about how they monetize, and we are going to concentrate also on talking about the future of battle royale games. Um, you know, there's there's the Daisies, there's the PUBG, there's the Fortnite, which are kind of evolution of the same thing. But but what is the next step? So we're going to talk about few key players that are already on the horizon, and few of those games that are possibly in in development and then coming soon. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, as always, please leave a comment. You know what? We're live. That's it.
There's no, there's not going to be any more of like, hey, what are you doing? What are you playing? Everybody knows you, Anil. So, so let's just let's just jump right into it. Like this is the number. One. Anyway, past months, battle royale. So we have knives out about sixty-five million downloads and sixty-five million in revenue. Rules of survival, seventy million downloads, about twenty-five million in revenue. Fortnite, available just on iOS only and two months of live. And yes, it is a cross-platform, but basically on iOS only, 20 million downloads, 20 million in revenue, a little bit more than that, and 5 million during just the first 10 days. And then we have PUBG, probably crossing 80 million downloads by now. This is huge. And then we even when we look at the streamer market, or not the streamer market, but just the streaming alone, Fortnite has reached over 2.4 billion, billion views in February alone. Absolutely ridiculous. I we know. Cultural phenomenon here. Exactly. And and the fact that the latest Battle Royale tournament in Fortnite had over 42 million live views, out of which 1.1 million were concurrent. What do you think about this, Anil? Insanity. That's what I think about it. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, some of the guys probably know, you know, we even did a talk at GDC about Battle Royale games. It's something that we thought would be big. But I have to be honest and say it surprised me even how big it's become. I think what's really surprised me is that last year we saw the dominance of PUBG. You know, it came from nowhere and then it was huge. It was massive on stream. But actually, you could argue that already this year it's been overtaken. Well, I don't think it's even an argument. It's a fact. It's been overtaken by Fortnite. But PUBG is still popular. And so you can just see how popular and how addictive this genre is. And I think for me, the thing that really hits it home is how many of, I guess, my what I call kind of casual gaming friends, you know, outside of work are playing this game and enjoying it and loving it. And it's just incredible. I think it's, uh, you know, often aspirational for the game industry, actually, to see when a new title can change things so much because we often think that, you know, oh, it's solved and, you know, people know what they should be working on and people can predict what's going to happen next. And then, you know, when games like this happen, uh, you know, it just makes you have to question everything again absolutely incredible that's 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 right and and the, the, yeah you, you hit the, the nail on the point like like we as as a people who work in the industry who are trying to make the next hit game the fact that fort battle royales and fortnite in particular just threw all the rules out of the window when it comes to the session length the uh, the type of engagement the um the all the systems and the most most specifically the monetization as well yeah or Everything. lack of you could say you know, and it's still so successful. I think, you know, going back to ourselves, we, we wrote an article at the start of the year to say what we thought would happen in midcourt, And we said that we thought Battle Royale would be big. But we kind of said that we thought the games would kind of settle in, I guess, the top 50 grossing position. You know, we thought they'd be high on the downloads. I don't think that's such a surprise, just given how popular they were at the back end of last year. You know, some of the games you mentioned, like Knives Out and Rules of Survival. But for me, I have to say even, it's a huge surprise to see it being the top grossing game. That was, uh, you know, ridiculous, especially when, as you mentioned with Fortnite, they released it on an invite only to begin with. So you couldn't even download it unless you signed up through their, their official web channel. And yet, despite that, it was still the top grossing game. And of course, you know, this is a game that's kind of cross connected. So when you log into the game, essentially you log in with your account that you'd be playing on PC. So 
you would think that most of the revenue would be going to the PC side and not so much on the mobile side. But actually, people are still spending through the app, which you know, that's insane. That is absolutely insane. So, um, yeah, as you say, completely tearing up the rule book. And um, yeah, that's why we're talking about it today. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I'll be totally honest. I haven't been playing Battle Royale games that much just because of the type of sessions, the type of engagement they, they require and my life situation as a, as a baby daddy. Uh, so <laughs> the Fortnite is kind of out of, out of the, out of the window, you know, playing a little bit, but before we jump in into the details of, of, um, of the monetization and, and, and all of that, we should talk about more about, you know, how these battle royale games and in particular, like what is the game loop and what is the meta of Fortnite? Mm-hmm. and you as a, as the expert, can you <laughs> just, just run us through it? Like what is, uh, what is a battle royale game? Yeah, well, battle royale is uh, a real phenomenon. So, the unique thing about battle royale games compared to every other type of game that's gone before it is that it's a one versus one hundred setup. So, you have a hundred people that drop into an instance of a game, and there can be only one winner. Or you can also have a squad mode, in which case only one squad can be the winner. So that that's four people in, instead of you know one. But still the same kind of thing. You have you have different teams. So you get dropped onto an island. In all the the battle royale games are, are pretty similar in that. And over time, you have to eliminate other people on the island and, until there's only one person left. And it's pretty much like an FPS. And the unique thing about the game, uh, all of them, is that the arena in which you fight in shrinks over time. Uh, that's something that we called out at GDC has been like a really important thing because it kind of gives the the game like some edge and it, it means it's going to reach a natural progression. So what happens is to begin with, you can land anywhere on the island. You, you kind of come out of, a, of an airplane. But then over time, let's say every five minutes or so, the area will shrink, which means that you as a player have to kind of move into what they call the circle and get closer and closer, uh, normally to a center point in the map. And, and as that happens, you're going to run into other people, which means that more people are going to die. And you keep doing that until there's one person left. So it's actually a very simple game. If you've ever seen The Hunger Games, it's a bit like that. Or, of course, it's called Battle Royale because there was a very famous Japanese movie called Battle Royale, and that's essentially which has derived the genre and um th- that's what you do but it's a it's a very addictive and very compulsive experience what is the uh what is the session like so you know we we've talked about it but it's, it's good probably to reiterate is that there's different paces of the session just due to the fact that you know there's the slow the slow start when the area is pretty big and then it gets smaller and then it just slows down again and so forth so can you go through that as well yeah, sure. And in fact, if, if you want, we can uh, go to one of the slides, number 38. This is like a, a good thing that we kind of show. And um, yeah, so I think w- with Battle Royale games, what's really interesting about the way that they play out is that, you know, you can end up playing for quite a long time, but it's also more likely that you're going to get eliminated early. But um, also, there's a lot of downtime in these games. So, you know, how we describe them is this really feels like an emotional roller coaster. So what happens is at the start of the game, you're put into like a waiting area which is like a lobby and you can see all the other players. And we're going to touch on why that's important probably a bit later on when we hit the monetization. But after that, you you emerge over the island and you see a kind of map. And then you as a player have a decision of when you want to jump out and when you want to land on the island. And so what's really cool about this is right at the start of the game, you've given this real kind of risk versus reward decision that you can make. So if you want to, you can decide to land in the part of the island that's very quiet and there aren't many people around. 
but equally you probably won't find much gear so what happens in these games is that you start off with nothing right you have no armor no weapons you just have like the clothes that you you, you skinned your character with and you are on a kind of scavenger hunt where you'll find equipment like gun you know maybe melee weapons some armor some you know health kits and things like that and there are certain areas where you're going to find more of these items than others but the thing is is that there's about 99 other people playing this game at the same time, right? So they're going to have the same idea. And what ends up happening is that after you land, there's this mad scramble to find this equipment. And then, you know, once you've got your equipment, if you can survive and a lot of people get eliminated during this kind of initial rush, then, you know, you're, you're kind of set up and you can kind of play the game, you know, going there up. So it's interesting because in these games, you know, um, Fortnite's actually tends to be a bit shorter than the other Battle Royale games, but not by much. You know, if you were going to play from the beginning to the end and end up winning the instance of the battle royale that you're in, it will usually take about 30 to 40 minutes. So mm-hmm. that's a that's quite a big time investment. Although I would say, you know, on, on console and PC where these games are also popular, uh, very popular, you know, that that's still, you know, perfectly fine. If not, maybe even a bit shorter than, than some other games in terms of session. Yeah, yeah. The, and that, yeah. That's the most fascinating part. It, it is the... Uh... Not even the fact that that utilizes sort of a um, the loop of a of a MOBA, if you will, where you start from nothing and then you progress inside that one battle, and then you always, you know, always start from from nothing, but you can keep your sort of a customized um, visual looks. But 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 the fact of of the session length and then the intensity that it requires is um and and the, the controls that that it presents, it's it's pretty. It's unique for a, for a mobile game. Yeah, I mean, I think on mobile, it's it's really surprising. I think what you mentioned right at the start about you not having much time to play, I mean, I totally agree. And that is something that in mobile, you know, us guys as kind of veterans, we would normally, you know, question games that have over five minutes in session length and games that don't load up, you know, within 10 to 15 seconds maximum. You know, even 10, I would say, is too yeah. long these days. If you look at the top games, you know, you've got to load so fast. But... You know, the game breaks all the rules and, you know, what's happened, of course, is it became a cultural phenomenon on PC and console first. And now it's just one of those things where everybody knows about it. So just through sheer weight of numbers and people playing it, you know, I I would I don't know what the DAU numbers are for the games, but I I would imagine they're pretty big. They're pretty high. And, you know, obviously people spend. Uh, But, you know, that, that is interesting. But at the same time, I think what should also be said about the games is that you know, they're addictive because they are instance-based. As you said, a MOBA, I think, is the perfect genre to compare Battle Royale to. I kind of think it's almost, I wouldn't say it's the evolution, but it's definitely the the next kind of step in that type of uh, experience. And, and what that is, is that, you know, you have these game instances where, as you say, you start from nothing each time mm-hmm. and you're, you have progression, but you have progression really only inside the game instance itself, outside of the game instance, whilst there is very limited progression which again we'll kind of talk about you know essentially it's all about your skill and your tactics and your strategy within that game instance and you know people enjoy playing it because this game experience is super fun to play super compelling it's very strategic and you know very addictive you just want to play it more more and more you know over and over again so and the reason oh go, go. yeah no i just go ahead I, I thought i thought you just finish your thought man yeah well i was going to say so you know the, the reason and I think it's one of the big things why I think both MOBAs and Battle Royales are so addictive is because the gameplay is like a bit different each time you play it, right? So 
in the MOBA, you could choose different characters and those characters change the, the instance, the meta of the instance that you're playing in, right? If your opponents have certain characters, you might have to adjust your strategy and, and so on and so forth. In Battle Royale, you don't have any kind of hero concept, but depending on where you land and depending on what the other people do, that is going to change your own tactic. So, you know, you might come out of the aeroplane and land in an area and that particular time, you know, 10 other people also have the same idea. So that's going to make it very high risk, you know, right from the very offset. Whereas the next time you play, you might land in an area where there's nobody. So, you know, and, and that gives you a different route. And, you know, the area on the map where you have to make it to by the end of the game, that changes from, you know, occasion to occasion. And of course, human players are very random. They can do different things. Sometimes they might, you know, you might come against a kamikaze player. He's like, doesn't really care and just wants to take you out no matter what. Other times you might come with some very strategic people. So what's great is that you learn a kind of basic skill set, but you're not just kind of like min-maxing and trying to optimize a certain style of gameplay over and over again. You have to react, you have to plan, you have to change the way that you play each time the game comes up. And um, yeah, that's what makes it so addictive. And it's why what tends to happen with these games is that when you get eliminated as part of a squad or as part of an individual, you think to yourself, oh, I think I could do just a bit better next time. You load it in, the next thing you know, six or seven hours will come back. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, we made the comparison to MOBAs um, in, in, in somewhat in terms of like the other progression system. But this is... I mean, it's it's very different than MOBAs because when you think about MOBAs, first of all, you think about the team-based gameplay. Yeah. Secondly, you think about all the classes and the champion-specific differences. So every time you load up with a certain type of champion, you can play in certain different type of ways depending on the items or, like in Heroes of the Storm type of thing, abilities that you generate as the game progresses. So in those games, like the instead of, uh, instead of the circle getting smaller, it's actually the champions are getting more and more powerful, and that yeah. changes the, uh, the pace of the game. And then yeah. you have minions, then you have towers, and you have lanes. Like those are yeah. all the uh, the elements uh, inside inside the game that that make it really really different. Versus in 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 Fortnite, there's or in battle royale games, there's no really classes. There are teams, right? Like you can yeah. you can load up in a, in a small team. So there's that. Uh, there's no champions. There's no no specific characters. You everybody is essentially the same. And the yeah. items and abilities, like you can't influence how you progress based on how the game is going. Unlike in a in a MOBA where you can change the setup of your character to counter yeah. or or uh, or play better in a certain type of whether it is a different map or depending on the type of heroes that that the the, the opponents are using or the heroes in your team. In this case, your you know your abilities is, and is your items or weapons are just purely random. And then finally, there's no there's no minions, there's no towers, there's no lanes. It's it's sort of a, you know, free to roam and yeah. um and and the only thing that is guided by the game itself is just the, uh, the 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 decreasing size of the map. That's right. But you know, at the same time there are some interesting choices there. So, you know, with with the gear, whilst it's true that it's kind of random, there are certain areas that are known to have higher quality loot than others. So, there is strategy in the game in that people over time can kind of master the best routes or can have a good idea of where they should go to and, and figure out how to get that stuff. But you're right. And I think uh, even if you compare to MOBs, there's often you might decide to change the build of your character based on what the other team is using or the strategy that you guys want to use where your characters synergize with each other. But here, you know, you don't do any of that kind of stuff. You know, as you say, 
even in a team of four people, it's just the player skill that matters. It's not, you know, your role. It's not like, oh, you're a tank and I'm like a DPS type of guy. So, you know, my job is to get in and do the damage and you're there to kind of take the blows and stuff like that. Nah, you know, one one headshot, you could be out. So, you know, well, probably more like two, but, you know, it, it, it's pretty brutal in that regard. Um, so, yeah, I think that's uh, definitely comparing the two genres. Also, there are similarities, I guess, in the instance-based structure. Internally in the game, yeah, the mechanics are very different. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, it's interesting that actually, instead of being, like, I guess, a more complex version of a MOBA that's ended up being, like, the breakout genre, you could argue it's a more simplistic way where, you know, you have fewer elements that you can interact with, but there's more... I guess, you know, emphasis on the Twitch-based gameplay. And uh, there is still strategy involved, though. I think it's important to say with these games. And I think a lot of people look at them and think, you know, oh, it's just like an FPS and it's all reactions. And sure, that matters a lot. But it's not like the only thing, right? The, the strategy is really important. Yeah, yeah. So in this case, yeah, that I, I 100% agree on that. It's just like you always have to go back to the first time you played a MOBA and how simplistic it looked like it looked like an rts or or diablo type of game or you know um an action rpg and then you realize that it's actually it's all meta like it's 90 percent meta and everything that you see it really doesn't matter it's it's all about it's all about the items it's all about it's all about the abilities it's all about that so so let's uh, you know that's the meta and and let's talk about the meta and the game loop of of, of, uh, of battle reals like there's the battle there are the seasons and there's the items um just yeah. walk us through it sure well i think what's important to say here is that this is actually where fortnite is a little bit different to the other battle royale games and it's kind of influencing the meta design of what these games are doing because it's working so well so uh you know what these games do is that you have your battle royale instance where you can drop into at any time you normally get into a match within 30 seconds, but, you know, depending on queue times, you might have to wait a long time. I think it's interesting to say that Fortnite is actually so popular that the other day there was actually over one hour waiting times just to get into a game. So oh <laughs> that God. shows you how crazy, you know, and that the Epic couldn't even, you know, uh, keep up with the demand for their game. But what happens, well, let's talk about Fortnite specifically, I think, and, you know, we can use that to, to talk about the other games too. So what happens in, in Fortnite is every time you play, you earn xp after every battle and you also get uh things called battle stars so the way that most of the battle royale games work is that you know you earn some kind of in-game currency or you know you can buy it yourself and you know you you just buy cosmetic items right like skins you can change the way your parachute looks you can get animations and and things like that and uh, that's really it but where uh fortnite has been very successful and what they've introduced that other games are now trying to you know, also bring into their games is they have this concept of a season pass and seasons in their game. So what happens here is that, you know, using your XP, you actually have a level which increases over time. And that level has no meaningful impact in your gameplay. So someone who's, you know, level 70 or tier 70 has no, you know, gaming advantage over someone who is tier one. But what happens with the seasons and why, well, the season tier and why people... Uh, you know, invest their kind of money and, and, and why they keep playing the game is that it unlocks new items that you can equip to your character or new skins and new animations. And so what tends to happen is that, you know, if you want the really, really cool stuff, you're going to have to grind a lot and get to the very highest tiers. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting because, you know, in terms of like your progression as a player, 
there's no compelling reason to, to, to force you to have to do this. But just to get the idea of getting this XP is something that, you know, clearly does drive people and gives you a reason that you want to play on top of just the basic game instance, which is very fun. So I think that's like a really huge difference from what we see from your usual kind of hit, especially mobile games and to an extent PC where, you know, you can pay for power to kind of accelerate your way through the game. In Fortnite, you can spend money, but what you can do is you can unlock the tiers that are around you, or you can also buy, uh, you know, they've got like a kind of bundle and a season pass that will give you like an accelerator. So it's a bit like how in MOBAs you can buy like a coin boost or like an XP boost mm, in other games. Like a VIP account. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, you know, it lasts for the duration of the season, and that's going to allow you to do it. I would say the one difference with the the kind of VIP account system to the way that it works in Battle Royale is let's say that you were tier 50, you know, you can buy the pass and it will like immediately, you know, unlock tiers around you. Or you can, in fact, just spend your V-Bucks, which is what the hard currency mm-hmm. in the game is, to unlock the next tier and skip it, <clears throat> where you can't do that in, in other games, right? Yeah, you just have to earn those coins. So that's pretty unusual. Uh, and, you know, it, essentially, it's just impatience, right? The, the most famous monetization mechanic in all mobile games. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting is that, you know, the reward that you would get at the end of it isn't something that then, you know, you're going to bring into battle and make you look more powerful. It'll just make you look cooler. But, mm-hmm. you know, how people play these games, and as you mentioned, the kind of streaming numbers and watching, you know, there's this real kind of fear of missing out and not having the coolest kind of stuff in the game. And, you know, you often see that the kids, you know, Fortnite was really interesting. It's really popular with like a younger demographic as well as an older demographic. And, you know, when you get eliminated in the game, there'll be like corpse dancing over you and be doing like the dab animation or, you know, they'll be doing like, the, you know, some, you know, crazy Michael Jackson kind of moonwalking anims and whatever crazy stuff they put it in. So you can tell that they really enjoy it. And I think that's part of the game is that then when you see these other people that have got these cool looking skins and animations, you know, you want them too because there's that feeling of, you know, I, I guess it's like peacocking, right? It's very mm-hmm, common mm-hmm. In, in mobile games in general or like MMORPGs when you're like in the lobby and you see these people with this really cool equipment. You know, you just get that kind of like, oh, one day I want to be able to get that stuff and how cool are they? And it also gives you like a level of respect as well. Like, you know, when you see someone on a map and they're wearing a, that kind of gear, you know, you immediately think, so, well, hold on a minute. <laughs> this guy is probably pretty good because he's already got this stuff and sure he might have spent to get it as well but you know regardless you know he's definitely engaged and could be someone who's good at the game so you know there's that kind of element to it too mm-hmm. uh, but otherwise you know the, the game loop itself is very simple it's just you know instance you get your rewards the rewards do allow you to, to move up this tier what's also very interesting is at the end of every season all your points reset and you have to start over you keep all your equipment though and, and the things that you've earned but you know then the new season will have new items new animations and new stuff that you can get and then you know all that that achieving those tiers allows you to do is to purchase equipment that you couldn't do otherwise so i think that's interesting if you compared it to a moba that's probably the slight difference in a moba generally at any time you can buy any of the equipment that you want so you know if there's a cool skin for the character that you particularly like you can just go to the shop and buy it outright whereas in Fortnite, what they've done is that sometimes, you know, for certain equipment or certain looks or certain animations, rather than allowing you to buy it straight away, you've actually got to get to a certain tier first. And so that gives you as a player this kind of like longer term goal to work towards. 
and you know this feeling of progression and then once you reach it you know mentally as well you feel good because yeah i managed to get there and now i can get this cool item that i always wanted and it's just really interesting because really it's just putting a barrier over it really if you think about mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. it could easily not have this tier system and just allow you to buy anything at any time but yeah that element of progression has given it that you know real stickiness and that's i think the the biggest takeaway for the game and i have to say that when I speak to people about, you know, why do they play a certain Battle Royale game? What is it over the other ones? Because there's a lot of choice now and there's going to be even more coming in the future. And the progression element is definitely something that comes up a lot. I would say like the, the three big things that I tend to notice are one, Fortnite is free to play compared to some of the other Battle Royale games like PUBG or mobile is now free, which is why it's getting so many downloads. Mm -hmm. But on PC, you had to pay for it. Um, technical performance is also mentioned like Fortnite is made by Epic, who of course are AAA developers, make the Unreal Engine. They don't make things badly. Their game really has high performance, whereas PUBG has been criticized, especially on Xbox One, of having quite poor performance. I have to say the mobile version is really good, though. They've done mm -hmm. a great job on that. Um, so that's another reason why people had to drop out of it. But the third reason, and the one that I hear the most, is just because, you know, in Fortnite, every time you play it, you feel like you're working towards something. And that's really, you know, compelling and addictive. And, and it's funny how, you know, that happens in a lot of top games, not just, you know, the Battle Royale ones. Yeah, so, so yeah, the, the, the basic progression mechanic. Let me just uh, kind of, like, reiterate. Like, you've said a lot of uh, really important things. I just want to reiterate on the monetization model. So, essentially, we're talking about, you know, free-to-win versus pay-to-progress models. And in, in PUBGs and, and other Battle Royale games, it is definitely a, a sort of a free-to-win model. There's no, yeah. as you said, there's no progression other than the, the cosmetics-driven economy. And in, and in Battle Royales, or, or PUBGs especially... The other uh, cosmetics are the skins, just like in just like in Moda, MOBAs. Uh, there's the, uh, the the separate uh, back bling, or so known as the uh, the knack pack. Um, that that is is like what you're harvesting to tool looks like um, you know like the picking axe, but you can you can change it to something different. So that's very Fortnite specific. Uh, you have the contrail. Uh, which is the glider that you use, so so you can you can look cool. You can you know have some rainbows and, and stuff like that coming out of it. There's weird things like the loading screen, which is only only thing that you see, but that is also customizable and also part of the economy, as well as the the emotes, and that's that's something you were talking about. And this is the uh, the loading screens where they uh, not only the emotes but also the animations where that are triggered in in, in different contexts, and and those are the ones that allow you to to dab on dab on people and yeah. flex on them <laughs> that sense that is the animation that people seem to love yeah that, that's right and um i think also what's really important to mention as well is that fortnite also has a unique mechanic to the other games which is that it has this kind of building stroke crafting element that works in the instance of each game you're playing in so what the unique thing about fortnite is is that when you play everything in the environment can be destroyed and you also find this kind of like uh, materials as you're playing and then you can build things. So, you know, I've got like an animated GIF here on the slide four if you want to go into present mode, but you can see like an example of how people will, you know, build up very quick time, you know, a kind of structure. And, you know, then it's possible to destroy the structure and, you know, you can kind of fall off it. And it's pretty interesting because it allows for some kind of high skill elements mm -hmm. and also, um, you know, some definitely some cool things when you watch it and, and people stream it. So that that's something that's fairly unique. 
Um, but I would say it doesn't really change the fundamental gameplay too much. Um, it's just like another cool thing that you can do in the game. And it's, uh, it's, but it's something that they've they've taken from their, you know, what Fortnite was in the beginning. It was the sort of like a Minecraft game in a way that, but 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 with um with an action like much more bigger, much bigger action portion. Like in Minecraft, you know, you have the zombies coming in at night. But that was Fortnite. That was essentially yeah. the game. It's like you build a fort and then you defend that night against the zombies. Yeah, well, I think that's really good that you brought it up. And I think that is something we should just take a minute to discuss, which is how Fortnite has become the biggest game in the world. But you could argue by accident <laughs> because Epic spent, they even, you know, confirmed this at GDC. They spent eight years working on the game. And to begin with, the game is completely different. It wasn't a Battle Royale game, right? It was a kind of, uh, you know, their tagline is the building is the... The, the battle is building is their tagline mm -hmm. right and it was um yeah you can tell by the art style that they wanted to make a, a more kind of accessible sort of minecraft plus plus type game where you know crafting is the big thing that you kind of do and it's very free to play based and there's an entirely different game mode where <laughs> no one even plays it anymore which is a crazy <laughs> thing and <clears throat> that is what they spent so long, much time you know making and, and putting out there and when fortnite first came out it wasn't particularly successful and I wonder what would have happened. I think they probably even would have killed the game. That's the crazy thing, right? You know, they recently did it with another game called Paragon. That was also quite epic. But then they saw the success of, uh, you know, Player Unknown Battlegrounds, and then they've taken that mode. They made a Battle Royale mode in Fortnite. They released it at the back end of last year, and then all of a sudden, just whoosh, you know, it just made the game go absolutely crazy. And that's the mode that people play. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's super interesting just because, you know, it shows you how you know, the art of the pivot is still really important no matter how big you are as a company. Um, but also, I think, you know, you should give a lot of props to Epic that they have the kind of, you know, structure where they could move so quickly. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, performance is a big thing that people talk about and like the quality. And you could argue that Fortnite now is the highest quality Battle Royale game, even though they came from, you know, a, a standing start, right? They had to like, they had a lot more ground to catch up on, but they did it and surpassed it and now have overtaken the previous king, which was Player Unknown Battleground. So that's very interesting to me. Yeah, and, and they have surpassed, you know, not not only due to the technical performance or the uh, the art style that is arguably much more accessible and much more something that you would allow your kids to play. You know, it doesn't have those um, real-life, kind of like the uh, Armageddon type of uh, <laughs> uh, end-of-the-world type of characters, but, but actually more of um more of the sort of a stylized characters um and it's not it's not because they have this this building mode i don't i don't believe that that is you know the key to their success that unlike in other battle royale games in this one you can actually build stuff you know it adds a nice little quirk to it but it's it's yeah. not it's not something that that makes it far better what i believe makes it far better and you've you've touched upon this is the battle pass system and the fact that there are progression vectors during those uh, sort of a lull moments in the game is like you know in the battle pass you have different type of goals other than 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 being the last person standing exactly. so so um you know the battle pass is, is sets the rewards that can be unlocked by completing the challenges and then completing those challenges rewards the player with with xp which increases your tier which unlocks subsequential rewards so the challenges themselves range in in, in difficulty but they give sort of a baseline of progress for the battle royale style of game and exactly and yeah, that, just that is where, 
yeah, no, that is 100% the, the reason why it's so sticky, as I say. So I think that shows you the importance in game design of even if you've got a really kind of sticky core, you know, adding that extra stuff around it just, you know, spices it up and makes it even more addictive. And um, as you say, that's why it makes people, you know, turns them into completionists. It gives them goals that they've always got to be working towards. It feels like any time that you could play, you should play because, you know, you're working towards your end of season goal. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why, especially on mobile, Fortnite is so popular because I would imagine that a lot of these people are also playing on PC or console at home, but it means that they can share their account across the day. And, you know, any progress that they're making is still working towards their ultimate goal. So, you know, whereas they might play for like a longer time in the evening, like they might play two to three hours, they could still play during the day, you know, with their friends or at school or something like that. And so I think that's pretty important to recognize. Yeah. And, and uh, one thing that I was mentioning in our blog is this, the uh, the endowment effect and the way that, that you've kind of like it's, it's, you know, behavioral economy is, is that you're more likely to spend on something you earn than something that you don't have. And what it means is that the... Uh, there's this compelling conversion and retention driver through this through the uh, the battle pass is that the uh, the amount of content um, is it's it's clear it's visual you've kind of earned it but you have to play to to collect it and that yeah. kind of drives the both the the engagement but also the monetization because you can actually spend those V bucks the the premium currency to buy more tiers in the season pass yeah exactly so it's very cleverly designed and it's it's kind of surprising i think what's really interesting about the system is how counterintuitive it actually is um you know, there's going to be an article on this on deconstructs or fun by joseph and adam mm -hmm. uh, probably around the same time as this podcast it's really worth reading it they really go into to great detail as to how it works and why it works um but yeah you've nailed it it's uh it's super interesting and it's obviously going to be like a design schema that you'll see in other games. In fact, uh, PUBG or mobile already has like a season mechanic as well and goals that you're working towards. And I think what's interesting is that right now, PUBG, there's no monetization in the game whatsoever. So I've got a feeling that they are either replicating the system or they might be building like a plus plus version of it to put into their game. Yeah. And that, that's, that's exactly, that's, that's something that both Adam and, and Joseph analyzed in, in their post is that, um, I mean, they, their analysis more is, is, is Battle Pass better than the sort of a gotcha system? And this touches upon that the, the Battle Pass system in Fortnite clearly creates that sort of progression element, and it clearly allows you to do other things. Like, you feel good about every match, even though you get killed early on, yeah. but you still yeah. make some progress. And then there's the uh, the thing of, of um, the element that they took again from MOBAs, uh, not only, I mean, we have to go back at some point and talk about the Dota too. But anyway, so the the element that they took away also from MOBAs is the rotating store, and what yeah. it means is that there are certain elements, certain skins, certain cosmetics you can buy from the store, but the store uh, inventory rotates all the time. So you can't just you know come in and buy what you want. There's certain things that are sold at certain times, and then that's that's also something that is that is very different. But anyway, that that creates a sort of scenario where in battle with the battle pass system, there's a clear progression that you're working towards, and you can see, you can understand the price of everything, you can understand that you can earn everything if you invest a certain amount of time. Versus in in PUBG's not a battle royale games, which are purely uh, gotcha loot box driven and don't even have the dusting mechanic where you get so something that you don't want and you can dust it and create kind of like secondary currency that you can use to purchase the stuff that you do want in the stores. Yeah. So in those games, it's fully random. Like it focuses purely on the winners and the rewards are very, just 100% random and there's no way to kind of work towards the goal. 
So, so the fact that the PUBG doesn't have a monetization mechanic, doesn't have the meta implemented, really speaks onto it that the Tencent understands this issue, and they yeah. are working on creating a system that is likely better than than Fortnite. <laughs> well, 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 we'll wait to see. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with because I think the interesting thing is, even though we've really praised the the way that Fortnite works, I mean, I would argue there's still some kind of issues with it. Um, I think you're right. Like we've definitely touched upon it, how the season pass, the genius of it is that it creates that progression factor. But we still know that like Gacha is tends to be the, the winning monetization model on most platforms. And what's interesting is that in Fortnite, you do have Gacha, right? You have the llamas uh, or the pinatas or really what, you know, that, that you get the rewards out of. And that's how they give you rewards in the other game mode. But it's not really how they use it as much in, in the battle royale. Whereas if you look at, let's say, um, Honor of Kings, uh, Arena of Valor, it's called over here in the West, which is still the top performing mobile game in China. You know, that has, um, you know, that's a fair play game, fair play meta, but, you know, you have still Gacha as the primary monetization mechanic in that game. And it has some element of progression. It's not nearly as good as the kind of season pass in, in Fortnite, but, you know, there are things that you can work towards. So, you know, I still feel that this is, um, I think it's like a recurring subject actually on Deconstructs are fun, which is that how you know, meta games in general and, and meta design systems are still in their, you know, real infancy. And of course, when you find a really good one, it's everywhere, you know, everyone copies <laughs> it, you know, look at Clash Royale is the most recent one, or, you know, there's plenty of games that you can go through. And this is clearly one that's winning, but, you know, there's still a lot more iteration and design and uh, improvements that people can do to them. And it'll be interesting to see who does it. I think, you know, the main reason why you don't really see much innovation in the meta in general is because it's, it's so hard to test and it's so hard to, to validate quickly, right? And if you make a game and your game took a couple of years to make and you decided to go with this risky meta and the meta didn't work, then you're going to feel pretty bad, yeah, <laughs> which and, is why people tend to just go for like a and, and there And there will be assholes like ourselves writing about it on a blog <laughs> explaining why your meta failed. <laughs> so. yeah, exactly. exactly, right? You know, even when we can't design them ourselves. So, yeah. <laughs> so you know, there, there you go. But um. Yeah, that, that, that is like a, an interesting thing. And um, yeah, as I say, that's something that I feel, you know, could be a, an improvement. Um, and like, as you say, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of Tencent come out of it, come out of it with. Um, but as I say, I, I would divide them into two elements, right? Mm -hmm. I think progression is super important. That's definitely, we're, we're calling out as being one of the biggest things in Fortnite and one of the best things that they've done. But then, you know, monetization can sit in a separate tier to that and have, you know, its own vectors and, and things that work towards it. So, you know, if I was going to be, you know, ever so slightly critical, I would say that is a potential avenue that they could do more with. But hey, look, Fortnite has only really just come out. It's not even a year old, which yeah. is what it is. But, you know, the Battle Royale mode isn't a year old. Um, so, you know, let's see where they go. And they're doing like a lot of stuff. And I think it's interesting to see actually some of the things that they've been releasing in the game recently so you know one thing that we mentioned is how you know they've got this kind of like crafting building type gameplay but what's funny is that on mobile that re represents quite a big challenge because it requires quite you know dexterous controls mm -hmm. which even though they've done a good job with the kind of control scheme is really difficult to do it certainly you know if you're up against the pc player you'll be smashed into smithereens <laughs> so they released a new feature called the porter fort which kind of like generates like a, a fort immediately and you know, to allow you to defend yourself and, and, you know, battle other people. And, you know, it's hard to say exactly why they did it. But in my opinion, I'm pretty sure they did it because not just on mobile, but people in general 
not everyone is really good with those kind of mechanics, right? It's like a different kind of skill set, very APM heavy. So by having that kind of, um, you know, uh, item that you can find in the map and that you can use, it kind of reduces that and gives you like an alternative way to play. And it also means that if you see one of those items on the map, it creates some urgency over who's going to get them. So that's pretty interesting. And the other big thing that I've seen in release, which I think has also made a big difference, is they've got like a this really like cutting edge replay system. And it's pretty amazing. And um, my friend at work just showed me yesterday like a music video that some kid had made just using the, the replay mode Damn. in the game. And it was amazing. Like it looked as good as like a real music video, you know, people strumming their guitars and stuff, which are, of course, skins that they bought in the game and using animations and stuff like that. And, you know, you mentioned again the streaming numbers and the YouTube views and, you know, that's one of the big reasons why both these games went so ballistic is, uh, you know, that people really enjoy the content that you can produce from these games. That's certainly something that happened with Minecraft too. So we shouldn't really forget the kind of viral element. And so I think it's interesting that they, they put like a lot of emphasis on that feature. And I would be interested to see where else they're going to build it out to. Like um, last year, uh, a kind of a, one of the conventions, I think it was Gamescom, PUBG, they had like a, a tournament, like, right? You know, they really want to go down the esports route. But what was really interesting is that whereas, you know, when you can watch someone play the game on their stream, the game's quite compelling and addictive to watch. When you try to watch the tournament, it really sucks. And the reason why it sucks is because it's really hard to understand what's happening with a hundred different people all playing the game at the same time, right? And, you know, you were having to jump to different parts of the action and they were missing like two top tier players having like a really epic battle mm-hmm. to focus on something else. And I wonder if, you know, their replay system might be going somewhere towards it because, you know, again, we keep going back to MOBA and, you know, MOBAs, they really became successful. Yeah, again, through streamers and things like that, but through their competitive play, right? That was the thing that really geared them up, you know, esports. um, you know, that they were the big things. So um, this time, I think what's happened with the, the Battle Royale games is that so far, you know, there haven't really been these huge competitions. That's something that could happen. And it's more the streaming that's kind of made it happen and sharing and going viral through video making. So, um, I mean, I 100% agree. I'm, that, that's that's true. And uh, I wanted to touch base on, on the last thing. And this is something really interesting that he had is, is and not not just okay so let me just start off so uh the the most interesting thing is that we're talking about battle royale games and we're talking about fortnite in particular but the fact is there's a lot of other games it's just like we started off with the knives out and rules of survival and the PUBG, and all of those games are doing well so it's not like um sort of like a clash royale market where there's clash royale and everybody else who tries to do something but they can't get uh, any meaningful uh traction going on in this case we have several battle royale games that all have uh, pretty good traction but there's also known upcoming games because this is a red hot ocean and, <laughs> and and there are some expected upcoming games and i wanted you to, to talk about those because some some people have sort of a um sort of a portrayed the battle royale market as the same as league of legends or not league of legends but a sort of a moba market where there's league of legends dota 2 and nobody else or the sort of a um uh, the World of Warcraft market, the MMO market, where there's World of Warcraft. Um, who, who's the second in that topic market? Well, you probably have in Asia, you have like lineage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, some, something else. But but basically, it's World of Warcraft and, and kind of like nobody else. But in Battle Royale, we actually do have a healthy competition. So, yeah. you know, talk a little bit about the, the Paladins, the Radical Heights, the Darwin Project, the Europa 
uh, as well as as well as the ones that we are waiting for, the Overwatch, <laughs> the Destinies, the Call of Duties, the Battlefield. Yeah, yeah, they probably. all have the chance to do the, what Epic did, and that is, you know, turn around the boat and do something spectacular and capture their incredibly wide audience base. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think, as you said, it's really interesting to see that if you look on Twitch, there's still actually three games that are really popular, which is Fortnite, PUBG, and still uh, H1Z1 which was like the original game that had the mod that started Battle Royale. So they are already three popular ones. Other ones that we know that are either in early access or kind of coming, and there's loads of them, but like highlights that I would give. So there's a game called Radical Heights, and that is from the developer of Lawbreakers. So it's yes. <laughs> another interesting game. It was a big budget game. Uh, Cliffy B, who's like really industry-renowned, you know, legend, was uh, heading up that game and a lot was expected of it to become like a big esport and you know it's fair to say it didn't really succeed but obviously the developer with their engine has decided to move into a kind of battle royale type game makes sense right they can make it quick they've seen how successful it is i think what's interesting about that game is it's got kind of a an 80s retro kind of uh, art style you know big ass frozen things like that Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like a combination of of pubg meets fortnite i have i have to read a tweet by um (laughs) Kaz Hirai, I think people have heard it. It says, Radical Heights isn't Cliffy B's first Battle Royale game. Lawbreaker started with 100 players online and very quickly had <laughs> only one left. This oh, is a wow. savage tweet. Wow, man, that is some shots fired. From Kaz Hirai, <laughs> damn, wow. So, yeah, fair to say Lawbreaker's wasn't the biggest game. To, to PlayStation, I would say. That's, wow. <laughs> I can't believe he did that. All right, that's really hilarious. But, I mean, that is true. Like, I, I don't want to be too critical or anything like that, you know. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a market where if you can succeed, the, you, know, the, you know, the financial gain is there to be made. But Lawbreakers clearly didn't do it. But anyway, you know, yeah. the, the game in terms of a technical merit was there. It'll be interesting to see what it's to do. But I think what's interesting to say about that game is that so far, there isn't really anything innovative in the gameplay. It's more like the visual style. So we'll have to see what happens there. That's why, for me, I think the ones that are more interesting is um, now I want to talk about Paladin. So this is a game that's already out. It's mm-hmm. by High Res Studios. And earlier this year, you know, so if you don't know about it, like Paladins is kind of like an Overwatch game, right? That's what it's kind of like a copy of. You've got heroes, you've got team base. It's like, you know, FPS, like third person type. Fantasy of team. So that, that's a free-to-play yeah. version, right? Makes sense. And it's pretty successful. It's kind of growing, but not as big as Overwatch, which we'll get to in a moment. But what they did is they tried a Battle Royale mode in their game earlier in the year. And what's interesting is that they are now decided to spin it out. And so now there's going to be a game called uh, Realm Royale or Paladins Realm Royale. And that is going to be, you know, their Battle Royale version, but as a separate game, not as a game mode. So that's interesting. And I think to make that decision, they must have seen, you know, from the metrics that, okay, we're doing this. And why we think this is really interesting is because Paladins, like Overwatch, has the hero model, right? It has the fact that, like, you have different roles within your team. And so how their mode works is that, you know, you're in squads, but, you know, your squads have, you know, your team members have different roles. So mm-hmm. if you and I, and let's say Adam and Joseph were all playing together, you know, I could be that support function, you know, character. You could be the sniper. Someone could be the guy who's yep. fast and run well, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it'd be interesting to see how it does. In my opinion, though, I think that those gameplay mechanics are very well suited for like the Battle Royale instant-based gameplay, but we'll have to see if it's a bit me too or if it's actually something that will work. And, you know, the fact that it's an existing um, game, you know, might work for it, but might also work against it, you know. 
it's obviously got its core audience. It may not pull in as many people, but equally, it might be something that means it gives that, you know, um, concurrency right away, which really helps, right? You know, you need a lot of people in these games. You're going to play in the game that everyone else is playing. So that one, I think, is one to watch out for, just because in terms of gameplay, it will be spicing up the basic gameplay quite a bit, even if those mechanics are taken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's another one called... Um, uh, yeah, the Darwin project yes. by a new company called Scavenger Studio. So this one I think is interesting as well, right? It's got kind of like a, a, an interesting visual style. But why I think this game is interesting is because when you play these Battle Royale games, what's kind of interesting, and maybe you guys can check out the GDC talk for, for more kind of information on this, is how, you know, it's not that high intensity in experience. You have moments that are very high intensity when, you know, three or four people will be around one area of the map and all battling each other out. But there are like, you know, quite a long periods where all you're doing is moving from one location to another and you might not see anybody for two or three minutes. And that can actually make the game pretty boring. So what these guys have decided to do is they've made it much more into like, uh, they've played up more the survival aspect, which is actually where, you know, the Battle Royale genre came from. So, you know, you have to survive extreme environmental conditions. You know, you have to set traps. You might have to follow tracks in the snow and stuff like that to know where people are going. It's, kind of, it's kind of the game, like like the game, was it called Evolve or something like that? But I think it was by Turtle Bay or I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But when there's there's like the one monster and four hunters. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, I think it was called Evolve. That was by, um, yeah, I, I know the game you're talking about. Or Machinima German. or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. So it could be something like that. Um, anyway, I think that's pretty interesting. And I have to say that I, I can see why, from the design perspective, they've decided to put more emphasis on that. Because I have to say that sometimes when I play these uh, Battle Royale games, <laughs> they're quite boring, I would say, mm-hmm. for quite a large part of it. Um, maybe that's just a personal and subjective thing, but I, I think it's interesting that other people have seen that and, you know, therefore they're going to play into it. And so I think like a theme that we're kind of seeing here is that, yeah, you're right, that the Battle Royale games, it is possible for multiple different games to survive and also how, you know, the innovation and gameplay, I feel, is going to be the thing that kind of leads it on. And I, I think that that will be, you know, you could say how, you know, um, to quote someone else from Deconstructor of Fun, how Fortnite is like the new hotness right now, Whereas last year it was PUBG, but there's no guarantee that it will be the, the thing, you know, the hotness this time next year, right? In fact, already some people are fed up with how popular it is and are moving to other games. So that could definitely happen. That's why these big publishers are well positioned. Um, just also want to touch upon, yeah, you mentioned there's a game called Europa, which is by Tencent. So, you know, Tencent now have got the licensing rights to PUBG, which is why, you know, they've got the mobile version. But, you know, Tencent being Tencent, in the meantime, they were developing their own version, which was also a Battle Royale game. Um, and clearly, Tencent owns Epic, so... Yeah, well, exactly, right? So, I mean, it's it's crazy. But, yeah, but even so, I think, you know, there's big company politics at play right there where different divisions are battling against each other. So they have their own version in development. It's meant just for China, but it's very kind of, uh, you know, high fidelity and stuff like that. Um, but their big thing is, is they've got a lot of like naval and vehicle-based combat. And that's something that you've seen. Like, I don't know if you know this, but actually there are two versions of PUBG out in uh, in Asia. There's like a desert version as well as the regular game. And um, it seems like they are experimenting a lot with these kind of like naval-based mechanics. And in fact, Rules of Survival also has a mode of that in. So it's interesting. They must have done some market research, I guess, to see that that is popular over there. And that is a game that I'd also expect to see to be quite big, given the kind of pushing that they can do. So they're games that we know about. Yeah. But I think, as you mentioned, you know... Activision, um, definitely with Activision yeah. Blizzard. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I've heard rumours that, you know, the Call of Duty mode this year might only be Battle Royale. I'm not sure if they'll go that far. You know, you'd think that the campaign mode is the thing that makes them the most money, but surely it's going to happen, right? Destiny, it's always got to be there. Overwatch, I think, will be an interesting one, just because, you know, well, it's by Activision, right? So Activision owned Destiny, Call of Duty, and Overwatch, right? So is that going to be a call that's being given to each direct team where they can choose to do it or not or will they just choose one game to put the mode in it's it's you really know, curious to understand how how overwatch has been affected by fortnite because they haven't been ramping up their esports for a long long time and investing incredible amount of money as yeah. well as with the esports team that have been investing incredible amount of money and now these streamers are are you know like the ninjas and others they're, they're just growing and and showing showing fortnite so so yeah, just the size of the investment into Overwatch franchises and, and esports and the growth of battle royales, that's that that must be a hot seat for um for the <laughs> Exactly. I, I totally agree with you. And that as you say, their investment is so massive that even though that seems to, you know, having show some initial results, it shows you that, you know, if you're not the most um sought after game and people don't care, they're obviously not gonna watch it and that investment could prove to be moot. So yeah, I mean, that's why I think the Paladins game is interesting because they seem to be trying it first. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if they're all being like an Overwatch Battle Royale mode or, or something like that. But we'll see. I mean, like, my expectation is, is that even though they could put it into all of their games, they will try one game first. They'll see if it's successful. And then if it is successful, they'll move it into other games. Or they might go all out and, and you know, put it in every single one. But it'll be interesting to see that space. And I think equally, you know, I would expect EA to have something with Battlefield or maybe even Titanfall. And I Anthem. Think... Oh, well, of course, right? Yeah, well, well that game looks kind of interesting, right? But um, because it's not a, a Battle Royale game, but I guess what you're saying is it might all of a sudden become one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, or have that mode. Yeah, well, that certainly wouldn't surprise me given it's like a free-to-play game essentially being built from the ground up, you know. Another one that's worth mentioning is that you've got, you know, Rockstar have got, you know, their um, Red Dead Redemption, you know, the next series of Red Dead is coming out next year. That could be a game where you have Cowboy Battle Royale. So who's to say? But I think for sure, you know, this won't be the last time we talk about Battle Royale and Deconstructor of One. So overall, um, yeah, overall, there's there's the... um, there's yeah, just to summarize everything, Fortnite, the current hottest game on, on the market, uh, monetizing through, through the Battle Bass system and showing that they can add progression to the metagame, which kind of doesn't have a, a metagame, and then really taking the page out of, of, honestly, Dota 2 with their Battle Pass system, as mm. well as with the uh, sort of like rotating store with cosmetics. Then we have, we have games in the horizon actually fast approaching. With uh, with new type of iterations on 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 what um, battle royale looks like with the radical highs, the Paladins, the Darwin Project, Europa, as well as the games we know will most likely. I mean, if they're smart, <laughs> they are smart. They will make something regarding battle royale, like it, Call of Duty, most definitely. Destiny, we really hope so. Overwatch, I mean, they have to. <laughs> and Battlefield, I mean, EA is is the. Uh, they do it all, so they will most likely do something regarding this. So, as you said, definitely not the last time we're talking about battle royale, and we are all super excited that there is this new genre, that the things are changed, that we don't have to be constantly talking about, you know, the clash royale, the chest models, the, the timers. But there's actually a big shakeup, even though it's scary for us as people who work in the games industry, who analyze them, the meta games, who are trying to implement their own takes on the meta game. Everything has changed. The rules are upside down. And that's why we love working in games. 
yeah, you gotta, you gotta be a, you know, it's like Humpty Dumpty, you know, if you take your eyes off the, the ball, you fall off the wall. That's the cliche saying. <laughs> so it's definitely true. And I think, yeah, that is, uh, for me, definitely the most interesting thing. I mean, I, I said it when we were at GDC, I think how inspiring is it that, you know, the top grossing free-to-play mobile game right now is cosmetics driven. It's, you know, long session length that it's, you know, really all about its core gameplay. That's awesome. That means that, you know, we're going to see other games like that in the future that are also fun to play. And that's great for the consumer. So I think that's a really encouraging development in the industry. I think, you know, we're running out of time here, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see how long that it can last for. I think most people think that Fortnite will be, a, you know, will, will fall off, uh, mainly because the depth of monetization isn't there. And that's something maybe we can discuss another time. I probably agree, yeah. but you know, it will probably inspire something else. And I think, as you say, the biggest thing is just the change in the shakeup that it's caused is is great. It's well received, certainly from me. Well, brother, as always, thank you so much. You you have you have true insights on on this, and it's 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 amazing. Every time I talk to you, I learn so much. So, um, till next time. You too. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I, I truly did. I, I learned again a lot about Battle Royale games. Uh, I want to thank Anil first and foremost about his uh, regarding his insights and just just his his, his way to, uh, to deliver knowledge is, is, is something that I, that I really enjoy. Uh, I want to also thank our sponsor Matchmade.tv um, for um, for just delivering great cohorts. <laughs> And, um, and I want to thank you in particular for listening to this podcast. Uh, and I hope that you liked it. I hope that you subscribe. And I hope to receive more of those uh, interesting emails and, and uh, suggestions and insights from, from all of you. Uh, so, till next time. 